Eagles Entertainment. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the day. And we've got a Super Bowl rematch to break down as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy. And as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 492. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, right? Chat with Greg Cosell as we preview this matchup between the Eagles and the Chiefs. And I, I teased it as a Super Bowl matchup, but I mean, this, these are two of the best teams here in the 2023 season. There's a lot to sink our teeth into. Both teams coming off the bye, so it's not like we have anything recent to react to, but we're still going to jump into this matchup. You know, Jalen Hurts versus Steve Spagnolo and that Chiefs defense. How do you stop the combination of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey? We're going to talk through all of that and a lot more here in that segment at the top of the show. Now, before we get there, as always, a little bit of housekeeping. Number one, head over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. You know the, the you know the uh, the speech by now. Make sure uh, you head on over, throw us your support. Appreciate everybody who has done that so far this season. Also, Make sure you head on over to the Eagles YouTube page. Uh, my my long uh, my my long teased piece, uh, Jason Kelsey covering his entire career. I watched every single snap starting in 2011 of Jason Kelsey's career here within Philadelphia uh, and found the best plays, the best concepts, the best blocks, pass game, screen game, run game. It was so much fun putting this piece together. It ended up being about 27 minutes long. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, I went into it thinking, yeah, like Jason Kelsey's a Hall of Famer. You know, there's going to be debate, but he he's, he should be in the Hall of Fame to, you know, after I got done putting this piece together, I was like, no, Jason Kelsey is a lock for the Hall of Fame uh, and should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And, and we talk about, you know, it's yes, it's difficult for a center to get in, uh, but I think that he has made the case uh, over the course of his career. Uh, and whenever that's the case, you know, whether, whether that he, whether he retires this year or if he stays in Philadelphia for another year, two, three, four, whatever it is, uh, when it's time. Jason Kelsey's going to Canton. Uh, and it's, so I really kind of make that, uh, make my points as to why I believe that is the case. A lot of statistical work, a lot of film work, um, got, and also got a lot of, uh, a lot of voices that helped out with this. So I really bounced a lot of things off of whether it's former offensive linemen, uh, for, you know, current coaches, former coaches, for, former teammates of Jason Kelsey's, uh, people, you know, people all across the media, including Greg Cosell, who we're going to talk chalk with uh, right now in Chalk Talk. But make sure you go watch that video uh, of Jason Kelsey and why he will be in the Hall of Fame. That said, let's get to Chalk Talk. It's time for Greg. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, back again here for Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. My friend Greg Cosell to talk through this matchup, Eagles, Chiefs, 2023. It's we, uh, We're coming off both teams coming off the bye week here, Greg. We know what Andy Reid's record is coming off the bye, but both teams coming in with an extra re- a week of rest, an extra week of prep. Uh, this should be a fun game to break down. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting game to break down because um, I think in some cases, perception is not reality. We'll get to that. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean it's still not a difficult matchup for the Eagles. Yeah, no question. It's uh, you know, and that's the thing is, I feel like a lot of people are going to be very quick to say, "Oh, Super Bowl rematch, Super Bowl rematch." Uh, but to me, like this is two of the best teams in the NFL, and so there, there's going to be a lot to talk about here, uh, not having to do with what happened in February. And let's start with. What I think is the the prime matchup here, and that's this Eagles offense going up against the Chiefs defense that has been playing, Greg, like one of the best in football. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo, a coach that, you know, cut his teeth here in Philadelphia, yeah. working under Jim Johnson. Uh, take us through what, what the Eagles can expect 
from a, a Steve Spagnuolo coach defense here uh, this coming Sunday or coming on Monday night? Well, there's a lot there, Fran, to unpack. Let's just start with a few quick stats. First of all, they don't allow a lot of points. They're number no. two in the NFL in points per game allowed. And people may not be aware of that or think much about that because obviously when you think Chiefs, you think Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, you think about those players and their offense. Um, but their defense has been very, very good. They don't allow many passing yards per game, only 176. In, in today's NFL, even with explosive plays down this year throughout the league, that's still a really, really good number. Um, so, you know, there's they're, they're second in the league in sacks with 31. So there's a lot about this Chiefs defense statistically that's very good. Having said that, now you start talking about the players. Um they're really, you know, I think you would agree. For instance, if we if we were Chiefs people doing this and not Eagles guys doing this, you would say that this Chiefs defense is a lot of fun to watch. Wouldn't you agree? No doubt. I mean, I could say it pretty confidently uh, being uh, working for the Eagles that this is a Chiefs defense that is fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, their defensive front, they have four or five players that can line up in multiple positions. So right away, that gives them tremendous versatility with what they can do up front. Um, and you'd, you'd probably say it starts with Chris Jones, who could line up at D-tackle and D-end and be dominant in either one. And very often you see teams, uh, as we've seen with, with when teams play the Eagles, um, we, we see teams slide their center to where Chris Jones is, particularly when he's lined up at D-tackle. And that creates opportunities both for individual pass rushers on the D-line and also for blitz concepts. Yeah. Um, they, they're really, I think they're really, they're really difficult in the sense that there's a lot of late movement, late rotation. What you see before the snap is not always what you see after the snap. They're very good at disguise. Um, now, Nick Bolton, one of their best linebackers, he'll be out again. I, you know, I think he's out for a while yes. longer, Yep. but <clears throat> they've gotten, you know, in the offseason, when they signed Drew Tranquil from the Chargers, you know, I think my thought, maybe yours was too, was, oh, you know, do they really need him? Well, it turns out they need him, and he's a pretty good player. And he's particularly good in the pass game, both as a blitzer and as a coverage player. So, you know, I'll let you jump in here because you've been watching them as well. But yeah. this is a this is a difficult defense to play against, and I think it really starts up front. Yeah, uh, certainly a lot to chew on there with what you say. Let's let's start with the, with the front, and I, I guess you, you mentioned Chris Jones. Uh, you mentioned how much uh, you know you have to worry about him offensively, and certainly teams so far this season have, have slid their protection his way more often than not. You talk about how like they, they like to move him around. I believe from a percentage standpoint, he's playing more at defensive end this year than he yes. has previously in any year. And you know, you see that you see their willingness to kind of move him around the formation, much like what the Rams have done in the past with guys like Aaron Donald, right? To uh, really kind of attack a weak point of an offensive line. But I think they take it a step further. And one of the things I love about what they do, and you mentioned, is, okay, let's say we're going to put, uh, if the weak point is the right tackle or the left guard, whatever it is, okay, we're going to put Chris Jones that way. We're going to anticipate that the offense is going to slide their protection that way. That means, you know, and to kind of get into the nitty-gritty, the opposite side of the slide protection. So if they're going to slide the center that way, that is what is called the, the zone side of the protection. So you have three guys sliding that way. 
Uh, that means that the two guys on the back side of that, so let's say it's the, the center sliding to the left, your right guard and your right tackle are now man-to-man on their assignments. Well, I, one of the things I love that the Chiefs do is that not only do they often do stunts on that side, which can be killers against man-to-man side of protection, but they love to then bring an extra defender from that side, preying on that side of the protection. And it's often uh, a slot corner or a safety. So if that end is looping inside and that right tackle is chasing that that end looping. Well, now that that corner, that blitzing defender has such a nice soft angle to the quarterback. He doesn't have to run all the way around the hoop. Now he can go just straight line and they, they were able to hit it for some big plays so far this year. You're hundred percent right. Um, you know, and I mentioned too, that they have players who can line up in multiple positions. Yeah. You know, obviously Chris Jones, we know can, but that only works if other guys can do it well. And yep. they have Karloftis, who lines up everywhere. They have Omenahu, who lines up everywhere. They have Michael Dana, who, uh, going back two years, I remember just watching this guy and thinking, this guy's a really, really good player. And he's he is a really, really good player. And he can line up inside. He can line up outside. Um, so they are really, really strong up front. But your point about the way they blitz is really good. Not only is it a slot blitz or a safety but if you happen to have a um, – if it's to the boundary side and let's say you have a reduced split by your your boundary X receiver, they'll bring that that uh, boundary yep. corner at times as well. Yep. Um, they're not a high, high percentage blitz team relative to other teams in the league. But when they do blitz and it's very selective, uh, very often it's in high leverage critical situations. Not always. Could be yep. on the first series as they did against Miami. Um, but they're they're very good at it. They're very efficient at it. You know, one of the things I, I like to do, Greg, when I'm jumping into an opponent for the first time, especially an, an, an AFC team where, you know, maybe I didn't see as much crossover film so far this season. By the time I get to this point in the year, I usually have a general sense of like, all right, like this is the identity of the defense or the offense and, you know, what people are saying about them. And a lot of people have talked about, uh, you know, hey, Spags, they're blitzing a lot more this year. They're blitzing a lot more. And I'm sure they did in like the first part of the year where the, the blitz rates were high. But to your point, I, I think they've been a lot more selective, especially these last like three, four weeks. Yeah. And some of that could be by the nature of the opponent. You, know, you play the Miami Dolphins, you're not going to constantly be blitzing them. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But I think that, when to your point, when they do blitz, they are very, very effective. They're yep. very, very good at it. And they've got guys at the second and third level who are very good blitzers. Tranquil's a good blitzer. Gay is a good blitzer. Uh, you look at uh, Trent McDuffie, good blitzer. Legarius Snee has been a good blitzer. Brian Cook, Justin Reed, good blitzers, right? So, um, you know, Mike Edwards, uh, how many times we see him blitz with Todd Bowles down in Tampa? All these guys uh, are really good blitzers. Uh, but, to your, you know, they also, like, do a lot of, like, the sim pressures where they're going to show pressure and then drop out. Right. So they'll definitely keep uh, Jalen Hurts guessing uh, throughout the course of this game. And what's been different this year from previous years is they've made McDuffie, the second-year corner from Washington, who I know you and I both really liked coming out of Washington, they've made him the slot corner in their sub-defenses. Yes. plays outside with Snead in their base, but in the sub, he is now the slot, and they keep Snead outside. In previous years, Snead would move inside, and he'd be the slot corner. And by the way, he was an outstanding blitzer off the slot, but he now plays outside. But you mentioned Mike Edwards. And I remember watching him. I can't remember how many years ago it was now because he's been in the league. But I remember really liking him coming out of Kentucky, I believe it was. 2019. Was it 2018? 2019, yep. It's it's earlier than I thought. It it seems like he's been in the league longer. They all blend together, Greg. I know, I know. And and he has really found a home there. He's their dime safety. But they play, I think, the second or third highest percentage of dime of any team in the league. Uh, They play over 25% of their defensive snaps in dime. 
Second, so, yeah. second most, second most in the league. Yeah. So, I mean, he plays a lot of snaps and their three safeties are extremely versatile. Um, you know, Reed will predominantly match up to the tight end when they play man. Uh, but all three of those safeties in dime can pretty much do whatever is is asked in a you know particular play call or scheme. Uh, and that makes it difficult. You know, they're a team with a ton of versatility on the defensive end with all their players. And and that that makes it hard. It's hard to get a bead exactly on on what you're going to get. Yeah, they, they do. I saw it a couple times today and then also last week as I was studying them uh, where they will do the, um, you know, uh, for a lack of a better word, like a, a college-esque kind of a, approach on certain downs and certain high leverage situations where, you know, people now it's like all oh, three safety package, three safety package. Well, a right. lot of defenses play with three safeties, but they will play the three deep safeties, like playing umbrella over the top and then disguise all different kinds of coverages from that. They don't do it a ton, but they do it enough where it's like, okay, like it was noticeable that I, I noticeable enough that I wrote it down. Uh, and with all those wow. versatile guys they've got back there, it's a very effective tool for them. Coach Spagnuolo is a master at what I would call blitz coverage. In other words, coverage that looks like if you're not familiar, and I wasn't until I had conversations with him a number of years ago, um, uh, and I wasn't familiar. So you'd watch it and you go, oh, that's quarters. And, he, and, and you know, he told me, no, 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 no. It looks like quarters, but it's not quarters. The mm -hmm. rules are different. So and I think that's something that offensively you really have to study because he's very specific with his coverages behind pressure and mm -hmm. it's even though it might look like cover three or quarters or whatever you know look like a normal coverage the rules are different and yeah. as an offense you have to understand those rules you know you and i are not you know we, we're just one person each and we're not spending you know 15 hours a week just studying the Chiefs defense. So we don't know all those rules, but there are rules that make it different from just a normal looking defense. You know, it's uh, it's funny because as I was writing down some notes of the of this defense, and you know, just kind of saying, okay, well, this is this is kind of what their identity is. Uh, you kind of compare. There are elements of it that are similar to what we talked about with the Dallas Cowboys a couple weeks ago, right? Where you know it's a heavy amount of dime. Uh, you know, they, they get laid like to live in that sub package. They don't play. Uh, they, they this team will play more base than Dallas certainly does, but they like to live in that sub. Uh, but I think what's interesting is the the difference from a coverage identity. Uh, you know, whereas Dallas they love to play in man coverage. And this team will line up and play man, but to your point, they have a lot more complexity in terms yes. of their zone coverage, a lot more multiplicity on the back end. And that's something that you know Jalen Hurts is going to have to work through on third down. We we both praised that play, that 19-yard reception uh on third and nine. It was uh, early on in the game a couple weeks ago against the Cowboys, where you know Jalen they they showed single high man pre-snap, uh, but he had to check that post-snap read and he saw he, he saw the safety rotation, read that it was Tampa two, found where his where his next read was, and was able to get the ball to Devontae on the crosser like, like that was big time quarterback play he's gonna he's gonna have to be put he's through have to do that. again here this week they're gonna do similar things and uh yeah. uh the Chiefs that is they're gonna do similar things with late movement and late rotation and we'll see how it goes but this is a this is not an easy defense to play against and keep one thing in mind we know the Eagles have a, a really good offensive line no question you know the best in the league arguably but the Chiefs have defensive linemen who can win one-on-one -on -one. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Carl Aftis? He he leads the team in pressures right now. His second year coming out of Purdue. Uh, I know it, it seems like some of his best rushes come from the interior, but yep. you, they 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 line him up all over the place. He's been better than I thought he would coming out of Purdue, to be honest. So I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't think he'd be a bad player, 
but he's been a, been a more impactful player. It could well be a function of how he's deployed, because as you said, he lines up all over, including inside. Yep. Um, there'll be times he lines up at zero technique, head up on the center. Yeah. So they use him in, I think, ways that really maximize what he brings to the table. Um, you know, watching him at Purdue when he played almost exclusively outside, I thought to myself, gee, if he's just a wide nine-edge rusher in the NFL, I wasn't sure if he could do that snap after snap. And he's not really used that way. Does he line up there? Yes, of course. But that's not the way he's used exclusively. So I think they do a really good job. Like I said, all these defensive linemen line up in different uh, positions along the defensive front, depending on what the call is. You mentioned that sub package look with him lining up at zero. And, and yeah. that was actually one of my favorite pressure looks that, they, that they've used over yeah. the last few weeks where uh, they get into their dime package. So typically third down, second and long, a pass heavy down, and you'll line up three defensive linemen, two, basically two wide nines. And then you've got Carlaftis uh, over the center. Typically Chris Jones is out there out wide somewhere. And then uh, it might've been Omenahu or Dana, whoever is that right. defensive lineman. And then it's two linebackers mugged up over both. Yeah. Guards. So you take tranquil and typically it would be Leo Chanel. Uh, mugged up on the guard uh, and then all different kind of combinations of what they're doing from that. Typically, it would be a straight three-man rush. And then what I liked was that they would kind of hide uh, Tranquil behind Karlaftis and whichever way Karlaftis went, it almost seemed like Tranquil was playing off that and going into the opposite gap. Well, they, they did that last year a ton with Bolton, by the way. Right. Yeah, it was a, uh, that was an effective pressure for them. The guy who's gotten, gotten a lot more snaps and showing his versatility as well, and that's Leo Chanel. He's becoming much more of, a, of a, an important player in what they do both in their base and in their sub so you know it's he's really become a guy that uh you know has become a bigger factor yeah he was interesting coming out of wisconsin because it was like yeah. all right like he's a traditional sam linebacker like i don't know what that means in today's league it's going to be different for every team and it feels like they've kind of found the sweet spot for him or he's going to yeah. get some stacked roles they line up in base defense he's going to be on the ball and then when they get in their sub he kind Sometimes of moves he's around. on the edge as a pass rusher exactly and, and he did get a lot of sacks at wisconsin as you probably recall yep yeah, that's uh, he's been an effective player for them uh, in that way. Now, they are missing Nick Bolton. Uh, certainly, that is a, right. a, a guy that they are going to miss here. Drew Tranquil has stepped in to be the three-down guy because he plays in dime. Willie Gay will play in base, and he'll play in their nickel sets. They don't play yeah. a ton of nickel, but uh, you know he'll, he'll play in their two-down uh, sets. But uh, I, it's, a, it's an interesting linebacking core because yeah. all three of those guys can play. And, and One thing role. I think we need to mention, and it just struck me, you know, all this stuff, you and I just talking, you know, we've yeah. seen all this if, when you watch the Chiefs, one thing you'll see a lot of, not every single snap, but it's clear that Coach Spagnuolo is a believer in press. He does In today's NFL, he does not want to give receivers free access off the ball because of the timing and rhythm passing game that so permeates the NFL. Yep. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see those matchups because we know A.J. Brown is really strong. We know that Devonta Smith is really quick and can beat press. Um, so we'll see how that goes because the other corner – the corner that plays normally opposite Snead is Watson, and he's a pretty big kid. Yep. Uh, now, Williams will get a few snaps here and there. He's a big kid, too. Both of them are, yeah. But Jalen Watson is normally, you know, he's the guy that plays 90% of the snaps in their sub opposite Snead. So I'm really anxious to see how that plays out because, you know, I don't think that uh, Spagnuolo is going to give these guys, you know, the Eagles receivers by choice anyway just free access into their routes and let, you know, let AJ Brown run, run those in breaking slant routes with no one, no one bothering him. 
we uh, we talked about the coverage identity. <clears throat> I mean, their number one coverage is cover one. They they, they play yeah. that is the, they play twenty two percent of the time. But they will play, play a lot of cover two as well. And that's the thing is they've got they've got four coverages that they they play over twelve percent of the time. So we talk yeah. about the multiplicity there. But when yeah. they do match up and play man, uh, what is your take on how they use Snead, Watson, McDuffie? Like, do you think that they would match up with Brown, or do you think they kind of play side? Or they more play sides. I think they'd more play sides, but you know, again, I could be wrong just because of the Eagles, the quality of their receivers, but yep. normally they play sides. Normally Snead will be left corner, Watson will be right corner, and uh, and McDuffie's in the slot. McDuffie's a really good player. In your uh, in your notes, like when when they go into dime, Justin Reed's still the dime guy, right? In terms of matching up the tight ends, uh, he'll match up to the tight end. He's a starting safety. Edwards is the dime. He's the third yes. safety that comes in. But Reed is the high percentage when they do play cover one, the high yep. percentage tight end matchup. Yeah, that was kind of what I wrote down as well. Just but they also sure play two man as well. Now, again, yes. you have the Hertz factor. You know, uh, obviously he had his knee was bothering him. We'll see with the week off where he stands. Yep. Um, I guess they'll find out early if, if that's going to be, uh, you know, something the Chiefs I'm talking about and, and the Eagles will find out early how Jalen is, um, you know, but you have it. You can't go into the game saying, oh, I don't think he's going to run. And then all right. of a sudden he runs 28 yards on third and five. You, you know, you can't do that. But we'll see. Yeah. I think another element too to this is that, you know, the, the Eagles, we talked about the run game and how it's been a little bit up and down over these last few weeks. I think there are going to be opportunities here against this Chiefs defense to be able to run the football. They they have struggled at times, especially out of their sub. You know, we saw Miami last last or two weeks ago now uh, in that the game in Germany. You know, even when they're behind and it would be third and five. They're going to say, hey, you know what? Like, we're going to run the ball against this package. Right, right. So we feel like this is a run-friendly look. I'm interested to see if that's an approach that the Eagles look to take. Yeah. Um, now, they don't give up a ton of rush. I mean, they're, they're not – I agree with you about situational football in that regard, but it's not as if that teams are just pounding them with the run game. No, no, it's it's not like uh, you know one of the worst run defenses in the league, but uh, you know they're they're twenty sixth in rush yards per attempt. They get you know a lot, a lot of some of the like the uh, the more granular metrics, even yes, like yards yes, before contact yes. and things like that, yes. uh, where you look at those efficiency numbers. Uh, that's when it shows up. Obviously, from a pure volume standpoint, it won't be there just because the Chiefs are typically ahead, and so those rushing numbers right. are down. But um, no, I think that that'll be an area to, that I'll be certainly watching. Is will the Eagles be able to try and get this run game back on track uh, here against the Chiefs in that sub? But um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, uh, you know, from this matchup that I definitely well, want to defensively. Hit on. I think we've gone through the Chiefs in, in quite a bit of detail. Yeah, let's go over to the other side and we'll talk through obviously uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and uh, what the plan could be uh, to stop there. And this is a, a unit that has been under the microscope this year. They're certainly not performing up to the level no. that they have kind of set that standard. I mean, they're 13th in points per game. Uh, they're they're top five in EPA per play right now. They're top ten in the yards per play. So certainly not like one of the bottom dwellers in terms of uh, offensive performance right now, but also not the the same Chiefs feel that we've seen in years past. No, no. And again, you can't go into a game saying, oh, they're not as good as they were, so it's not a problem. Um, but, you know, if you look at their last five games, okay, they've only scored a touchdown on 20% of their drives, and Mahomes has six turnovers. You know, he's not been as sharp. The offense overall has not been as sharp. Um you know, it's easy to say they don't have great receivers and they're, they, you know, they've addressed the position through the draft and they have young players and we'll see how they continue to develop. Obviously, Kelsey is the key piece here. Um, they, they got beat. Um, you know, Kelsey, the last two games has not put up big numbers. It was, uh, the win against, um, Miami and then the loss to, uh, Denver. So, you know, Kelsey has not put up his Kelsey numbers in those two games. Um, but they they have not been as good offensively. It's been a little bit of a struggle for them. Mm. So um, 
you know, again, but you can't go into the game just assuming that, oh, they're going to struggle. Uh, we know that Mahomes is, is as good as there is in the league when it comes to making those second reaction movement plays that, you know, the play is never over with Mahomes. There's really two plays with Mahomes. There's the first two seconds of a play when you're playing within structure, and then there's what happens afterwards. And that's the part that can be very difficult. Yeah, I saw a, a stat from Next Gen where he's scrambling at the highest rate uh, of his career so far. Um, and I think, you know, there's there's a lot of elements to that. You know, I think when you look at uh, their tackle play so far, it's been solid, not great. Uh, you mentioned the wide receiver play. There are a lot of examples every game where you could tell, like, these guys are just not on the same page. There was, like, an early uh, – there was I want to say it was, it was a hot throw. I want to say it was, like, a hitch route uh, to Sky Moore early in the game against Miami where uh, the ball came out fast, Mahomes was looking at him, and the, the timing was just not there on the route. Yeah. And you could – and Mahomes kind of gave more the look like, man, like, you know, you're supposed to turn faster uh, for that ball. And just there's a lot of examples like that. It's almost like what we say about the Eagles run game, where it's not like one thing that consistently shows up, but a lot of like little things. And so uh, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're like, okay, well, at some point this is going to where the, you know, this offense is going to pop. But the Eagles will look to try and see if they can take advantage of some of those miscues. We saw uh, we've seen that in the past where the Eagles have been able to get a couple of those key stops. And if you're able to do that in this game, obviously it'll go a long way towards a victory. Yeah, and, and and again, I think what you said plays into the fact that when you watch Mahomes, and this is not an X and O point, but I think you'd agree just watching tape, he doesn't look as comfortable as we've seen him look. It, it yeah. just you know normally you watch Mahomes, and even when he moves, there's a calculated comfort to it. He's not moving frenetically. He's yeah. one of those guys that has a great ability to move in a controlled way, keeping his eyes up, seeing the field exceptionally well on the move, and and obviously uh, then with Kelsey in particular, but then being able to make throws. Um, but this, he's just not looked particularly comfortable. And, you know, there have been some games where those unbelievable, spectacular second reaction movement plays have not happened. He's moved, but the plays haven't finished, you know, the way that we normally expect to yep. see them. And when that doesn't happen, they just become kind of random plays that don't work. Yep. Um, so again, I don't want to sit here and say, Oh, the, the chiefs are a bad team and a bad offense because Against anybody, I mean, we saw what they did in the Super Bowl, you know, last year, but against anybody, they could get it all back together and they could put up 40. I mean, Mahomes did have a stretch earlier in this season where he had three games in a row where he had over 30 completions and I think over 300 or 350 yards. So, I mean, it's not as if he's playing bad football. It just there have just been times this year where it's been a little uncomfortable and the last number of games, it's been particularly uncomfortable. If you had to put on your Sean Desai hat going into this game, Greg, like, uh, what, what would your plan be, you know, based off what, what you've watched? Because, uh, you know, it's funny. The, yeah. There was a stat I saw last week, uh, you know, where it was, like, you know, talking about Mahomes and basically like, and we've we've always talked about this whenever the Eagles play them is like, blitzing is not the answer because he has been so good at carving up yeah. the blitz. Uh, and there was a stat, Next Gen Stats put it out. Uh, he is 15-0 in his career when opposing teams blitz him on more than a third of his dropbacks in a game. Uh, and so it's like, all right, well, you know, are you going to play man-to-man? Are you going to play zone like he finds ways to carve you up no matter what what would what would be your i I think i think you have to get pressure and you can blitz you and i both know that you don't have to play man when you blitz there's different ways to to pressure there's different ways to do that you know i'd be very a, a little nervous about playing a lot of man coverage i'm not sure that the eagles do that very well right now even though they do play a high percentage of it i would just be a little careful about that in this game um, not because they have great receivers. I just think that Mahomes sees that really, really well. And and I think that that could be a problem. Um, mm. 
you know, I, I do think you the way Mahomes has been playing, and this might sound counterintuitive. Maybe I'm totally wrong, and maybe Sean decides not thinking this way at all. I, I I do think you want to pressure him, though, because I think he's been a little quick to move. Um, I think he's probably not real comfortable with his receivers right now. Uh, and, you know, I, I just I have a feeling. Look, I think back to a couple of years ago uh, when he struggled early in the season. He threw yep. some uncharacteristic picks. That's right. I remember. Yep. And then what Andy Reid did, and it could start this week because they've start had a buy. They've had an opportunity to go back to the drawing board. Andy Reid, after that, went to a timing rhythm passing game and and got Mahomes to hit that back foot, get rid of the ball. Hit the back foot, get rid of the ball. Now, most of the throws were shorter throws, but the air yards with Mahomes have decreased over the last couple of years. They're not really an explosive downfield team. Now, some might say they don't have the receivers anymore. Obviously, when you have Tyree Kill, uh, you know, <laughs> those numbers probably are higher. They don't have Tyreek Hill. Valdez Gantlin can run, though, and he can run by people. Um, But it wouldn't surprise me if they try to get back to a rhythmic timing pass game, get the ball out, get Mahomes comfortable. Um, You know, they had that extra time to work. Of course, the Eagles did, too. But it would not surprise me to see more of that. He threw 13 passes against the Eagles back in February, Gary, last time these two teams played. 13 passes in under two and a half seconds. Uh, he completed all 13 for 72 yards and two touchdowns. And he, was, he just got into that rhythm. Uh, right. He was really kind of feeling it. And so to me, like, you know, to your point, if that is what their game plan is for this game, it almost gets into, if you're the Eagles, what you did against Miami, where you're like, all right, you're trying to do anything to throw off the timing of those plays so that the ball can't come out that fast. You don't want that to be able to happen. So, you know, whether you're right. mixing up coverages, uh, if you're impacting receivers, whatever it is that you're doing, you're trying to find different ways to throw off the timing of Mahomes and, and just trying to get him out of rhythm and then, you know, kind of roll the dice and go from there. Well, the other factor, too, is we talked about this with Miami, but they're different. They do it differently. Is yep. they're a heavy motion team? Yep. Now, it's different than Miami's, but yes. they're a heavy motion team. So, again, you have to have a plan for how you want to deal with that. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, obviously, I'm I w- not getting back to Miami, but I was surprised at the Dolphins the way they played against the Eagles. They didn't do a lot of the things that you and I had talked about, which they had done in yeah. all the games prior to the Eagles. I don't think that'll be the case with the Chiefs. I think Andy Reid will be aggressive is not the right word because people might think aggressive means throw the ball downfield. But I think he's going to be aggressive in the sense that he's going to throw the ball. Mm. He's just not going to throw it necessarily vertically. He's going to try to throw it rhythmically. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this team has made a living off of those chunk gains of 12 yards, 15 yards, 18 yards, and, you know, going going about it that way. That's where Travis Kelsey, I mean, that's where where he's cut his teeth is in that area of the field. And, uh, you know, one of the things, too, you mentioned the, the Chiefs are a big motion team. They're also a big bunch team, and that's an area yep. that the Eagles have had struggles with so far. They they've faced bunch at a very high rate compared to other teams in the NFL, uh, and teams have com- com- con- uh, continued to kind of ring that bell. I mean, you know, kind of go back to it. And we've seen them the Eagles make adjustments uh, and and continue to make plays against the bunch. We saw that in the Washington game as the game went on, they got better. But uh, my guess is is that Andy Reid and the Chiefs they're they're going to go back to some of those looks in this game without question. Um, yeah, and and uh, you know this is to me this is fascinating because. You know, watching the Chiefs, and again, Mahomes' track record is is greatness. I mean, we're not saying, you know, he's not a great player, and he could come out and be phenomenal, but it has been a little bit of a struggle. And, um, you know, it's really interesting. After the, the Chiefs, they play the Bills, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, I think I'm already uh, losing, losing and, back where I'm at. 
Yeah, it's really interesting because they they have not been as as much of a powerhouse offensively either as most expected. Um, yep. But uh, people might be surprised to know that in this sort of negative stretch for both teams, the Bills' numbers are are better than the Chiefs. But yes. that's that's another. We'll discuss that next week. Well, we'll see it, how it, the, it is. Bill, Bills, Niners, Cowboys. By the way, I always forget. Right, that. right, right, right. Well, we'll I was thinking was Niners right. first. Well, the Bills played Monday night, and then. Um, uh, obviously, they have another game before they play the Eagles uh, this coming weekend, so they'll have two games. But, uh, but yeah, the, the thing about the Chiefs is they because of Mahomes, they could explode at any time. So you can't just you know think, oh, they're not playing great football. Um, and you just have to. It's so hard when you play quarterbacks. And I, you know, it's funny. I, I sort of been coming around to this a little bit more. And in talking to a coach, he used a, a term that I really like. He said, when quarterbacks can move there's a little more of a sliding scale in how you evaluate them, which mm. will be interesting when I get to college quarterbacks. Um, because, and and not that Mahomes, Mahomes is, can be great from of the course. past, obviously. Right. He's not one of those guys. But just when guys can move, you know, it just changes the way you have to play. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about it with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it, no question. Teams right. have to play differently. and. Right. And it just makes it more difficult. So you can't, it's not just a normal game of, okay, he's going to drop back. He's going to throw the ball. We can do this and we're good to go. It just makes it more difficult. And I think one element of uh, Mahomes' movement is that he's got this mind meld with Travis Kelsey and, mm. and really unlike anything else that the Eagles are going to yeah. face this year. I mean, uh, honestly, him and AJ, Jalen Hurts and AJ are kind of working on, towards that towards that tier. But I think when you look at Mahomes and Kelsey, so often, you know, I'm going to do a piece later on this week that's going to go up on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, just you know, writing uh, about uh, this, some of the, this kind of element. But, you know, you're, so often we're seeing three-level stretches, flood routes, like Kelsey working the intermediate area where Please it's like, okay, it looks so like it's well. going to be a sale route. It's going to be a deep corner route. It's right going to be the over route but they've run this route so many different times a million times and so he see travis kelsey can see oh you know what the the corner he's not see he's not getting the depth that he normally would here he's taking away this intermediate route i'm going to cut this off and him and mahomes are on the same page yeah. on those throws more often than not and so that, that just makes it so hard to defend when you, know, you you have it exactly on the whiteboard defended you have the concept locked down and then they change it on the fly and then you're you're, you're moving the chains yeah no question and and, um, you know, and Kelsey's, you know, good run after catch as well. So that's, right. you know, yeah. that's another issue. So, no, it's, it's, and, and one thing we haven't talked about, it's worth mentioning. They're not a necessarily a high volume running team. Yes. But they run pretty well when they do run. Yeah. Um, you know, again, they're not going to, you're not going to look at their stats and go, man, this team just runs the ball, but they run it pretty well. And Pacheco is a hard runner. Yes. So he's one of those guys that, you know, it might be blocked for three, but he gets six. And that's that's a big deal. You know, so he might have 14 carries in a game, but those 14 carries get 69 yards. And those are meaningful yards in the context of their offense. And the interior three up front is really the strength of that line. You oh. look at Joe Tooney at left guard, Creed Humphrey at center, one of the best in football, Trey Smith at right yeah. guard. All, all three of those guys at the point of attack, and they do it a little bit differently. Joe Tooney and Trey Smith are not the same archetype of offensive line, right? Right, um, right. But you know they they are able to get after you up front. No, you're right. So so this you know this is and and, and one thing I've noticed too is they're willing more to maybe it's because their pass game hasn't been great, but they were they've been willing to run the ball when the situation calls for it. 
Yeah, no question. Uh, you know, this is a, uh, you know, this is an offense clearly start still trying to like kind of find that footing and it, leaning on the run right. game is a good way to be able to kind of get that uh, pass game back into a rhythm. And so uh, that's something certainly we could see uh, if things go south early on in this game is then trying to lean on Pacheco and that run game. Uh, Jerick McKinnon, another guy out of the backfield who's kind of like a, a problem solver for them, you know, whether it's, yeah. uh, it's you know, third down, red zone, pass pro, really nifty, like pass game concepts. I mean, they, they lean on it. He might only get, uh, you know, 15 snaps and, uh, you know, 11 touches in a game or nine touches in a game, but they're going to be important touches. And, you know, one other thing we we definitely should mention, getting back to the Eagles uh, just for a second, and, and particularly the Eagles offense, that's a loud place to play. Mm. And yep. so there's going to have to be a lot of silent counts. There's going to have to be, you know, again, you know, I don't know how that will uh, specifically impact how the Eagles play offense, but it will have an impact. Yeah, the Eagles last played there, I believe, the Super Bowl year in seventeen. It was a week two or week three game, uh, and so you know it's been a while lost. since the Eagles have traveled and then to they, Arrowhead. And then yeah, they won like twelve in a row after that. Correct. Yeah. Um, so you know it's uh, it's been a while, but they should be uh, familiar with the confines of that stadium. Certainly, some of the vets uh, on that team, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, uh, of course. So uh, no, that's a that's an important element certainly in this one. Well, Greg, uh, we'll be back next Tuesday night breaking this down. This game's on Monday night, so we'll be shooting a day later in the week uh, next week. Thanks so much for joining us once again here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks, Frank. Great stuff there from Greg. Thanks to him, and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our X's and O's content here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.